the courage to be authentically you. Be yourself. Know your strengths. Know where you uniquely bring value and own that and bring that. Be you. Be genuine with people. This is the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. Your source for the strategies, systems, and insights you need to turn your dreams into your destiny. Every week, we dive into dynamic conversations as our host, Nicole Greer, interviews leadership and business experts. They're here to shed light on practical solutions to the challenges of personal and professional development. Now, here's your host, a professional speaker, coach, and consultant, Nicole Greer. Welcome, everybody, to the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. My name is Nicole Greer, and they call me the Vibrant Coach. And I am here with another wonderful guest. Her name is Amy Riley. Amy Riley is an internationally renowned speaker, author, and consultant. She has over two decades of experience developing leaders at all levels. Amy's clients include Cisco Systems, Deloitte, and Google Drive. And we all know you have one of those. And her new book is the number one international bestseller and is entitled, I look what I have right here, Encourage <laughs> All Leader, How to Inspire, Engage, and Get Extraordinary Results. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. Ah, thank you, Nicole. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And we were just talking a little bit before we got started here. And, uh, you know, this book took you over a year to write, right around a year to write. And you have put um, all of your best tips and strategies and techniques or strategy systems and smarts, as I like to say, into the book. And first thing I want to do is just get your definition of leadership. How would you define leadership? I would say that we're all leaders. And that we're all leaders in every area of our lives. And I'm interested in leadership because I think it's through leadership that we get things done in this world. And I think that leaders are the most powerful when they are tapped into what is my purpose? What is my bigger picture gift? to the world, to this relationship, to this project, right? So that's kind of speaking around a definition of leadership. I think it's a vehicle for getting things done. I think it's a way to rally people and heads and hearts around purpose, around an adventure. Uh, I think it can be developing our kids and you know having playtime with our kids. It's having experiences, getting things done with an intention. Yeah, I love your definition and I love your enthusiasm. And, <laughs> you know, what was always mind boggling to me is that my guess is most people pursue a leadership position. You yeah. know, some people are like picked, they're like, pick him, put him, put her in charge. But usually people don't take the role or they don't seek out the role unless they you know, they really want to do something fantastic in the world. And I, and I think mm. the enthusiasm that you're demonstrating is huge. Now, in definition of leadership, you, you like to insert the word courage. Like you put a big emphasis on courage. In fact, it's right behind her on her wall. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I know that you think leaders should demonstrate courage in, in four distinct ways. So will you talk about that? Yeah, I love talking about that, Nicole. And I realized through my work, at one point, I said very distinctly to myself, every time I am impressed 
or inspired by a leader, they are demonstrating true courage. And I started cataloging that in my mind. And yes, did come up with the courage of a leader, four pillars. The courage to be authentically you. Be yourself. Know your strengths. Know where you uniquely bring value and own that and bring that. Be you. Be genuine with people. Uh, The courage to say what needs to be said. And usually when I say that to an audience, I get nods around. You know, we, we all have that time that a leader didn't say what needed to be said or that time that a leader did stand up for someone or said, hey, we in order to remain competitive, we have got to go in this bold new direction. Right. They, they said the thing that needed to be said. And that takes courage. Then the courage to trust the legacy which is our own leadership legacy, that bigger picture purpose where we know and how we know that we provide value, looking to that for guidance and stepping up when that legacy calls us to do something big, bold, new, different. And then the fourth pillar is the courage to be bold and create the extraordinary, which means the courage to go for it. I mean, it's really easy and I catch myself all the time just getting into that reactionary swirl of busyness or even cynicism, right? Like they're not going to get it. We're not going to be able to do anything different this time. Like bringing this kind of product to market has to take this many months, right? Uh, Being focused on, you know, what many call the big rocks, the priorities, what we want to, what we want, what we're most interested in making happen. Right. I love that. And so let's kind of unpack these a little bit. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, the first thing she said was, you know, to uncover and share your authentic self. So, um, you know, just yesterday, in fact, Amy, I was on a call um, with my coach, you know, every coach should have a coach. That's I'm just saying. And so um, I was on a call with a group of people and the coach was talking about, you know, do you know who you are? Mm. And, um, and I, and I, I don't know, just because maybe because I've done so much coaching in my life and I've had a coach for so long that I'm like, yes, I know exactly who I am. I mean, I still have untapped potential. I'm not, you know, don't have a hundred percent clarity. I'm pretty dang sure what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Um, So how do people go about doing that? Or how have you done that in your own life? Yes. I encourage folks to declare their leadership legacy. And to do that, Nicole, I have them look at your strengths. Where are you strong? Where do people come to you? And sometimes that actually takes a little bit because our strengths can be so innate and natural to us that we don't even recognize them. Oh, yeah. I'm, I just always organize my thoughts that way. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> Right. But what what do people come to you uniquely for? What are your strengths? We'll have that inquiry. And then also the inquiry of looking across your days, work, personal, all aspects of your life. What are those activities that energize you? Where do you have passion? Where do you have interest? And then where those two lists intersect is the area of your leadership legacy. And I feel like a really powerful leadership legacy is one that can apply in some way in all areas of our lives. It could be that you're the leader that is bringing 
global teams together, it could be that you're the leader that's streamlining and simplifying work. It could be that you're the leader that brings care and compassion to every project, every initiative, every relationship. So declaring that leadership legacy. And I have declared mine, which oh, is- I about, wanna hear about it. <laughs> which is empowering others to declare their leadership legacies, right? Like helping people find their leadership purpose and believe it and live it fully. Yeah, and I love what you just said. Everybody don't miss, she just, it just kind of rolled off her tongue. She said, you gotta believe it and you gotta live it. And so I, I think that's fantastic. And, and so let's just, um, you know, unpack what she just said. She said, you know, to be uh, authentic, you've got to figure out what your leadership legacy is. And it's a combination of your strengths and then the activities that you're naturally good at, that you're drawn to, that you have passion. So strengths plus activities that bring you joy and passion yep. equal sign that's your legacy. Yes. So I, in that, Nicole, is that if there's something that you're good at, but you don't enjoy doing it not a strength. Right. It's just a task you can handle, right? And because it will, it'll weaken you over time, right? If we keep doing this thing that drains us, I want us all to label that as a weakness. Yeah. Right? And you know, there's, there's somebody on your team or somebody that can, that loves to do the thing that you can't imagine somebody would love to do. Amazingly, yes. <laughs> I have worked with with teams time and time again, right? And somebody is sheepishly admitting they don't like to do this thing. And they're like, oh, I don't want to ask anybody else to do that. And then someone else raises their hand. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> like, like, let me get my hands on that. You don't like budgeting? Like, I'm I'm fascinated by making the numbers work. Okay. Right, right. So you can divvy it up, right? And then you've got to believe it and you got to live it. All right. So uh, that's your first assignment uh, after this podcast <laughs> is uh, you need to figure out your leadership legacy. Well, you know, I, when we think about strengths, I just want to go there for a hot second. Um, one yeah. of the assignments that I give people sometimes is I say, you know, if you can't see your own strengths, because I work with a lot of people who are incredibly humble, mm -hmm. like they, they almost don't want to admit that they're strong. And it's like, no, leaders have to own it, right? They have to yeah. believe it and they have to live it. Like you're saying, okay, so now we are going to add own it to it, everybody. They have to believe it, they have to live it, and they have to own it. So I, I've I've had people like, you know, email, you know, trusted people in their network and say, where do you think I'm really strong? I, you know, I have this mm -hmm. coach. This isn't me asking, you know, I'm not <laughs> a narcissist. I just, I, I got this assignment. Could you help me yep. out? And people get this feedback and they're almost floored because mm -hmm, if you said mm -hmm. they have a little blind spot. They can't see. They're so close to it. They can't see it. Yeah, that's a great assignment. And I love what you're saying about own it, Nicole, because when we show up and we tell somebody like, here's where I can provide the most value. Right. I mean, you're creating a win, win, win right there. Hey, team. Hey, organization. Hey, colleagues. Right. Here's what you can most rely on me for. Here's where I'm going to bring you my best stuff. Right. And then, and they believe us because we're saying it's this, it's not this. <laughs> and it's not 27 different things. Right. Here's where I'm strong. Here's the value you can expect to get from me. And that's, that's bringing your, your best to the work. Let people know that. Yeah. Yeah. What would be some other ways that people could identify how they're strong? 
there's an activity that I love to do, um, especially with emerging leaders, but it's great for leaders at any level. Uh, I have a leadership autobiography and it, it's got the leadership legacy on there. It's got values on there. What's important to you at your core? When push comes to shove, what is going to be your guidance? And then the reason why I brought this up is there's um, your story. What is it in your story, in your unique circumstances that make you the kind of person and the kind of leader that you are? And this doesn't have to be anything earth shattering. Uh, I, I know I used to think I don't have much of a story, right? I grew up in a small town. It was a normal upbringing, like no significant challenges. And then I'm like, that's my story. Growing up in a small town, I knew that I had a sheltered, naive upbringing. And Nicole, that has made me curious about the world. And it has had me put myself into bigger communities and more diverse communities. And now we're raising our children in Chicago, right? Because this is what has become important, exposure and experiences and learning about different kinds of people and cultures and ways of doing things. Part yeah. of my story, which I'm like, oh, come, I grew up in a small town. That sounds boring. But how did it make you the person that you are? Yeah. And I love what you're saying because uh, I, I grew up going everywhere. Uh, I was raised by all these ants. I had five ants. Then I got passed oh, off to cool. them. So I got raised in like chaos. And so this yeah. is a wonderful thing for leadership skills. You <laughs> 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 to be able to navigate chaos, right? And be agile and go with the flow. I mean, these are very important things. But my Absolutely. Husband, yeah, but my husband has the same story as you. And, you know, one of the things about growing up in a small town, and I've got like three country music songs in my head right now, <laughs> growing up in a small town. But the beautiful thing about it is that usually that there's there's like really great principles um, and there's this reliance on other people or like this underlying teamwork that happens in small communities. And so I think when Absolutely. people do own their story and you really stop to think about it, you, you picked up some good strategies wherever you were. Absolutely. No, Nicole, can I tell you, I'm getting yeah. together this weekend with two friends that I've been friends with since the second grade. Oh, see, and I, my, my husband's like that too. Like he knows the people he went to kindergarten with. I'm like, what? You know, cause my, I live, I was, I went to 12 schools in 12 years. Oh my so goodness. I, I, I only remember eighth grade, Mr. Schaefer. He was my English teacher. And I only remember him because he took a special interest in me. And I, he said, you're a very good student. I need a babysitter. And so I babysat his daughter, <laughs> but that's oh. the only reason. Good uh, job, Mr. Schaefer. Oh, also, yeah. Nicole, so my husband um, moved nine or 11 times growing up as well. Maybe, that may, there might be something there about Opposite how we pick our mate. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so you've got a couple assignments here, uh, folks, is you got to figure out your strengths. You got to look at the activities that bring you to life, add those together, and you'll start to have your legacy and purpose. Um, maybe I, I might even use the word like your mission might come to life there. Um, and then the other thing that Amy has shared is that you got to figure out your core values um, and your story. So all of those things will help you get the first pillar 
of the courage of a leader, which is in Amy Riley's book. We're talking to Amy Riley today, and her book is called The Courage of a Leader, How to Inspire, Engage, and Get Extraordinary Results. All right. So you've got four assignments, and we're only in about <laughs> Okay. Now, the next thing that we have uh, as a pillar, one of the four pillars of the courage of a leader, is you need to say what needs to be said. Oh my gosh, that does take bravery, you know, and we're, we're in a world where like, you know, be politically correct, you know, so you can still be politically correct and tell the truth. Is that possible, Amy Riley? <laughs> I, I do think it's possible. I will courageously say, I do think we can say anything to anyone. We do need to prepare for that conversation. And I think the biggest thing is being clear on our intention. What do we want to accomplish? by sharing this message, right? And when, you know, I'll have, I'll be working with leaders in, in coaching, they'll be like, I could never say that to them. Like, I don't, this is a senior leader. How could I say that? And then when I give them an example of the words that they could say, like, um, I know that you are really concerned about our group's reputation inside of the organization. I have some feedback about something that you said in the blah, blah, blah meeting. Would you be open to hearing it, right? Yeah. Or getting into dialogue is also important, right? Asking others for their perspective and their thinking. And often when we understand just a little bit more about where they're coming from and how they're viewing the situation, right? Then the message we feel like we want to deliver to help them perform better in the future, whatever it is, uh, it, there's, there's a place for it, right? We can attach it to something that's important to them, something that they're already seeing. Right. Let me just tell you how that is landing from a different perspective. So I've got examples in the book about how you can talk to people about how their dress is inappropriate or, you know, like all, like all the topics that we feel like, gosh, we could never say that. And it also needs to come from the genuine place. Yeah. So there, there's, I think we often need to do work about our beliefs, our being, how we're showing up. We might say the perfect words, but we can tell if someone doesn't mean what they're saying, right? So if we're really in that space of, I believe in this person, I know this person has some strengths to bear here. Um, I know we can get through this together, like being able to believe one or more of those things, right, that we can step into that and then have that candid, authentic, forward-facing conversation. Yeah. And, and just think, everybody, about the last time somebody was forward-facing, candid, but you felt, don't miss that, like the vibe was that they cared for you mm -hmm. and they told you the truth. And you were like, oh, yeah. Right. So we yeah. all know the example of, you know, you didn't zip up your fly or you have got broccoli in your teeth or whatever. We're just like, oh my God, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and it's the same thing with the other behaviors that we have at work, whether we don't, you know, know that we need to, you know, have our shirt up a little bit higher, ladies, or, you know, we need to 
comb our hair, brush our teeth. You know, I mean, grooming is a total thing. I think COVID put, totally put everybody into an anti-grooming mode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's bad out there. But, um, yes. but I think that is something we need to do. And, uh, you know, when I'm listening to you, um, I think, I think uh, the word courage, I want to go back to it for a second, because I don't want everybody to miss that. Uh, we're talking about the courage of a leader four pillars and saying what needs to be said. But in the word courage is core, right? Which is the French word. I think I got my story right. Uh, word for heart yes. or like love. And like yeah. you have to, you can't let people go on with bad behaviors or a blind spot. Yeah. That's not love. Yeah. 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 Brene Brown says clear is kind. Right. I got a piece of feedback once that I was doing something that annoyed someone. And I found out four months after I know that we had been interacting in oh that goodness. way. Yeah. And I was devastated. And I'm like, oh, why didn't you tell me sooner? Oh, it's not that big of a deal. So I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'm doing this thing that has been annoying you for four months, I mean, that would. That is not what I want to do, right? I want to, I want to hear that sooner. And I know that sometimes when we get developmental feedback, right? There's, I mean, there's that drop in the pit of our stomach for a moment. But if you can see that someone cares about you and they're delivering it, they're sharing it with you because they want your relationship to feel great. Um, or they they want you to be perceived in the best light. They want you to be as successful as you can be. We can we can feel that. And when we do the work to get really clear about the positive outcomes that we want for the situation, we can convey that to others, even if we don't say the words exactly perfectly right. That's right. That's right. Because we we can feel if people care. Are you ready to build your vibrant culture? Bring Nicole Greer to speak to your leadership team, conference, or organization to help them with their strategies, systems, and smarts to increase clarity, accountability, energy, and results. Your organization will get lit from within. Email her at Nicole at VibrantCulture.com and be sure to check out Nicole's TEDx talk at VibrantCulture.com. All right. And so for the second pillar, um, cour courageous leaders, they say what needs to be said. And so here's what Amy shared with us is you got to sit your fanny in a chair and you got to prepare for this conversation. <laughs> no winging, right? Because care and preparation go together. Um, you know, be intentional about the outcome that you want to have um, and then prepare to give them the piece of feedback. And one thing that um, I love that she slipped in there um, very, very um, uh, stealthily is she said, you know, when you're having the conversation with somebody is, would you be open to hearing this? And when I got my um, coaching training way back in 2007, that one of the things they said is if you want to, you want to kind of uh, bridge a, a, a difficult space with a client is you ask permission mm -hmm. instead of just charging in there, you know, well, let me tell you what I'm saying, you know, instead of this diagnosis, you can say, would you, would you like me to share and see once they say yes, that they've opened the door for you. And so you're not like, barging in and like we said earlier some people are like i could never tell them well no you ask for permission and they give it to you yeah yeah oh thank you for calling that out i think another aspect to that could be is this a good time 
to yeah. talk about this as well. They might be mired in working towards a deadline. I use that one with my husband a lot, right? Like, I mean, he might have his mind on different things, right? Like, can is this a good time to, you know, maybe change what's going on with you and talk about this other thing? Right. And you know, when you you ask permission, you inquire into their personal world, it's like a, a thing of respect. Like yeah. I respect you. Um, I'm not telling you this to make you look foolish I, because I want you to be honored. And if you don't fix this annoying thing, like you were sharing in your example, you're yeah. not going to be honored. People are going to be like, oh my God, I have to work with Amy today. And she does this annoying thing, oh, you know, and, and we don't want that for you. All right. And then being able to open the dialogue. So let's just talk about feedback for a quick hot second, because I think giving feedback is a skill. So what, how do you give feedback to somebody? Um, Is there a proper way? Is there a formula? What, What are your thoughts on giving feedback? Yeah, there are a number of formulas out there that um, I think can work. I do think, again, the most important starting point is the intention. Yes. What What do you want for the person? What do you want for the relationship? Get really clear on that. And that's often how we start the conversation as well, sharing that intention with them. And then there, there is the formula of SBI. Yes. Situation, behavior, impact, right? And then the, the, the key thing with any of these formulas, because there's, there's another one I know, EIC, example, impact, and then the C is either change or continue. With any of these, getting our examples, getting our specifics as specific as possible and in as objective language as possible. What was the thing they said or did or didn't say or didn't do that worked or didn't work that you want to talk about? Because when we describe something very objectively, when you said that, 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 direct quote. Right. Right. Or, are going right there. Yeah. Right. Or, or or when you were reviewing the lines of the budget on slide six, right? The person knows that they said that thing or they did that thing. There's no argument there. Right. We're we're setting it up for them to be as least defensive as possible to be able to take it in. So making sure that we're using that objective language. And I think also dialogue or self-reflection. I mean, sometimes we can cause someone to discover their own feedback by saying, you know, you've got another one of these presentations coming up. Um, I'd love for you to think about what would be most impactful for the range of stakeholders that you have in that room. Think about Think about the situation from each of their views, right? What are they going to be most interested in hearing? And then let's talk about what you want to share in that next presentation. You might not have to give them any negative developmental feedback about the last time if you've got time for them to reflect and come up with it on their own. So I think there's different approaches. What will work well for the situation? Sometimes we need to try it different ways, right? For right. for folks to to hear it. Sometimes we deliver it and they don't hear it, right? They're not they're not in the space to hear it, but we keep the dialogue going. 
Yeah. And so I'm going to flip back. My my listeners are very advanced. So I'm going to go back to the first pillar for a hot second. Yeah. Where you said, you know, leaders need to uncover and share their authentic selves. And I think too, another part of your authentic self is like how you're hardwired, your personality. Yes. And so both Amy mm-hmm. and I, we are all up in the assessments and we teach them and we have classes around them and that kind of thing. So um, you know, uh, some of the stuff I'm certified in is like Myers-Briggs and DISC, and I'm sure you've got same. <laughs> okay, all the same stuff in her pocket. But this is like classic stuff that all yeah. organizations need to do. Um, the leader needs to do it and understand him or herself. And then, you know, the people on your team, you need to know how they tick. And so reason I bring that up is because what she just said, you know, you got to try different things with different people mm-hmm. because based on their personality, they're going to have a reaction to feedback. And so you've got to kind of be uh, able to switch up your style, depending on the personality of the human you have in front of you. What, yeah. what do you think about all that? I, that yeah, I, I love that. Right. I, I always think it's it's great, and I, I I have them in the book charts, right? What do you each team member? What do you know about them? What's important to them? What tends to be their communication style? If you've done DISC, if you've done Myers Briggs, you know, and you have the information there about their preferences and their go to styles, right? Think about that as you're preparing a conversation. Uh, that you want to have with them. I, I love it. Yeah. And so um, so I think that's a big part of it. All right. So back to uh, feedback. The other thing that popped in my head that I think is really important is uh, Amy, again, she's stealth. I'm telling you, she's so <laughs> smart. Uh, she slipped in, you know, a couple of powerful questions. And, you know, when you sit down and she's saying you need to get a dialogue going. And, and I think getting that dialogue going is asking some good questions that get the other person talking. Open-ended questions, right? What are they thinking? How are they feeling? Right, right. All the who, what, when, where, how, whys, okay? All right, very good. And then the the last thing on number two, which is uh, they say what needs to be said, is she said, you can give them feedback or you can ask these powerful questions that get them thinking if you've got a space of time where they can go to work. And it made the the idea of feed forward, which is mm. the Marshall Goldsmith pop in my yes. brain, you know, is like, you know, moving forward, what might you do, you know, and asking other people for for information so that you can move forward in the process. I, I, I love that term just That's because true. we want to be forward facing. Yeah. Because when we think about feedback, it's like, let me tell you all the things that you did right and wrong in the past, right? Or right. In this thing, we're looking back. But how do we glean what we need to from those experiences to be more impactful, um, to perform great in the future? So I love having the word forward in there just from the positioning. Let's be forward focused in this conversation. That's right, because we can't do anything about the past. We know that from the Lion King and the Rafiki <laughs> scene by the lake in the middle of the night. Anyway, go watch the movie again. Great, Nicole. You're welcome for reminding <laughs> you. Okay, all right. So the next one, uh, we've kind of touched on it, but yeah. you said, uh, you know, uncover your authentic self. And then the third pillar is they declare their leadership legacy and trust the guidance it provides. So yeah. when you say declare, 
their leadership legacy. We've already talked about the fact that that is figuring out your strengths. What are the activities that you love? What are your core values? What's your story? All of those things. Um, but how do I declare it? What Do I go around talking about it? Do I tell my team members? What do, how do I declare? Yeah. Yeah. I think first it's to ourselves. Right. right. Declare this. My leadership legacy is about whatever it is, right? Mine is about having others uh, discover and fully live into their leadership legacy. Like find those words that inspire you and light you up and that are gonna continue to call you forward. So I think first we declare for ourselves, make sure that we really, we, we nailed it. This is the space. And it doesn't have to have fancy words, right? Mm -hmm. I bring global teams together. I know an executive that that's what he would say, and that gets him going. And when he says that, he thinks about the different ways it's happened and the ways that he wants it to happen, and he's ready for the next. So we declare to ourselves, and then I love when teams declare it to each other, share the concept of leadership legacy, have everyone on the team be really clear and vocal about what their leadership legacy is, have conversations about Okay, how do we tap into that? How do we leverage that? Ooh, this sounds like the space of so-and-so's leadership legacy. Let's get them involved. And then I do believe that we just continue to share it out in circles in our lives. We might not always say, my leadership legacy is, <laughs> right? But right. we might say, oh, I'm passionate about this because anything that has to do with dot, dot, dot lights, lights me up. I wanna get involved. Right. Then we're just telling people oh, how we bring value and what interests us. Yeah, 100 percent. And and again, don't miss Amy's enthusiasm for all of that. <laughs> you know? and, and, and here's the thing. What kind of leader do you want to follow? One who's figured out who they are, where they want to go and what their strengths are, or one who's confused and just wants you to, you know, get the work done. You know, they're just, you know, worried about the productivity numbers and the KPIs, which is very important. Yes, we have to hit the KPIs, but to have that extra energy or behind it, I think is absolutely huge. And, um, you know, I, uh, worked with, um, a group of folks at Novant. It's a healthcare here in North Carolina, healthcare organization here in North Carolina. And I was working with emerging leaders. Um, and I too love working with them because yeah. we can actually maybe impact what's going to happen for the next 20 years. And uh, and so we did uh, mission statements for work and life, which I think is love a lot it. like this legacy work you're doing. Yep. And, um, you know, at first they're like looking at me and like, what, you know, I have to declare as Amy Riley said, <laughs> her third pillar. I'm like, yes, you have to declare, you know, how you're, you know, how you're going to roll. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I gave them like, you know, 30 minutes and let them move about the cabin freely. You know, it's like seatbelt sign is off. You can go wherever you want, come back in 30 minutes and we'll share. And, awesome. you know, I had a couple of, of, of people in the group tear up. Yeah. Yeah, um, because like they're in healthcare, and it was about I care for people who are sick and need my help. Yeah. And we get yeah. so close to every day caring for the people who are sick, sick and need our help that we don't remember. Oh, my God, I'm healing people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's 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 big. I think it's really big to declare. All right. And trust the guidance it provides. Now, what do you mean by trust the guidance it provides? So I figure out my strengths, I get yeah. my story, I look at my core values. How does that guide me, Amy? 
I, I think that there is there's the opportunity for there to be real tangible projects or initiatives, maybe real tangible relationships, like where you're talking about healthcare and the leaders that you were working with, like I care for sick people, right? Then they're they're looking to that, right? When they walk into yet another hospital room that day, right? They're they're tapping yeah. into that to bring their care to this next human, this next patient that they're working with. You might have projects or initiatives, right? Um, I mean, at one point, what a leg legacy, a leadership legacy project for me was getting the Courage of a Leader podcast launched, right? Finding the next guest, like I'm constantly generating that one, you know, with the process of keeping uh, yes. a podcast fresh and alive uh, with regular episodes, right? There's, there's so I often add that to the leadership autobiography as well. The last piece is what are you working on right now for your leadership legacy? How are you tangibly bringing it to life? Yeah. And being intentional about your next place you're going to go. And I don't mean necessarily the next position, although I think it's a good idea to figure out the next position you want to. Be, yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, you know, it, whatever's happening in this company, how do I see myself integrating in the future? Like go out to the future and visit what's going on. All right. I love that. Okay. So we have a fourth pillar. And so I want to talk about the fourth pillar. And this one is they are bold and create the extraordinary. So, you know, I think being bold is um, totally underrated. You know, everybody's like seems to, again, want to play nice. And, you know, I don't want to go too big. I don't want to be obnoxious. Uh, we're not talking about any of that. We're just talking about being bold, which is like stepping out. So talk a little bit about being bold. Yes, it's going for it. It's being focused on what you really want. Uh, it can be really easy to, in our days, be completely inundated with just responding to all of the inboxes. Right. Slack and email and text and t teams and, you know, we're getting messages. Yeah, coming in from, from everywhere. And we can get inundated and just reacting to that and not having in our sights here's what i'm looking to accomplish today or this week or this month or in this project or in this relationship so being being focused on what we want and making sure that we're we're taking the actions that are really going to get us where we want to go not saying that you can ignore everything that's coming in your <laughs> inbox right but i think it you get the you can't put it on pause though. You can take a two hour block of time. Yes. And put everything on pause. And and you know, and if you develop if leaders are supposed to be developing people, if you can develop some people to handle things, yeah. So that you can pull away. Because really at the at top leaders need to be strategic, not managers. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I think this pillar also has to do with really going for it. Like what, what is the big goal that you're scared to say that you want, that you're scared to go for? Because when we put something way out there, 
the how are we going to get there gets fuzzier and fuzzier right, as we as we look out. Uh, but I'd like to remind folks, like all we ever need to know is our next step. That's exactly right. And we take that next step and then we'll get more data <laughs> about how that worked or didn't work or what that opened up or, oh, now I know about another person that's working on the same thing, whatever it might be. Right? And then we take the next step and the next step and having our legacy, our commitment, the goal pull us forward and being willing to, to go for that. And um, knowing that if we're going for something big, uh, some things are not going to work. Right. It's going to be messy, especially if nobody's done it before. Like there's no procedure for it. There's no, nobody's written the book yet or whatever. And I'm curious if you have a story of a leader that would illustrate this. I mean, the, the one that's in my mind is, you know, I, I, I used to be in property management and I had this leader, his name was John Gray and the National Apartment Association had an award and it was the property management company of the year. And you had to meet certain uh, criteria and the National Apartment Association surveyed your residents, you know, did all this stuff. And he's just like, we're doing this. We're going to be number one, you know, and with his enthusiasm, you know, yeah. and, and he uh, was not like the most dynamic communicator, but like he was one of these guys that was like solid, steady, reliable John. And like, we thought, well, if John thinks we could do it, then it must be possible. You know what I mean? Like, you know, his yeah, yeah, yeah. C yeah. personality in the Myers or in the uh, disc, you know, we were like, well, gosh, if he thinks we can do it, we probably can. And we, we won it like a lot of years. And so it was, awesome. really, and, it, and isn't it fun to be number one? Like everybody be honest, it's really fun to be number one. Yeah. Right, you have a story of a, a leader that just like declared it. Yeah. That we're doing this and they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a couple popped to mind. I think maybe the, the, the one that inspired me the most. So I'll share this one. Uh, actually a pretty new leader. Uh, in an emerging leaders program. It was a year long program that I was leading with a chemical manufacturer. And this salesperson had uncovered, Nicole, a new application for one of their formulas. And he saw the opportunity to sell this approach, which was one in one of their divisions, to a customer that was in another division. So it was creating a whole new application for this formula. So it was kind of, it was complicated inside of the organization. It was gonna require new processes, new R&D, like just new systems, like, and how do we share this? Like they're already a customer over here. So it was really like, He's like, I see this as an opportunity. I see this as a big opportunity. Like, I don't know how to get past the obstacles inside of the organization. But Nicole, he was willing to sit down and we just, I mean, we looked at stakeholders from different directions. Who's most likely to be influenced here? Um, how can you put together the numbers reliably about what kind of opportunity you actually think this is? And, and, you know, and then looking at like, okay, what would be the cost to the organization to setting up what needed to be set up in order to serve this client in a different way? He's like, oh my gosh, that's a lot to figure out. I'm like, okay, who knows that information? How do we piece this together? And 
He just tackled this one step at a time. How much money did that equate to, do you think? Do you, I don't know if you have the Oh my gosh. Okay, yes. Nicole, you, you're asking my file manager to remember things that, 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 that she up there is not going to remember. It was sizable. I, I mean, the, the, I mean, the uptakes is, was in the six figures. Right. So um, don't miss that, everybody. Yeah. And um, he had the initial order before the program was done, which Stop. just gives me goosebumps to be able to say. But talk about a goal that he saw as possible. It was way out there. And there was so much fuzzy between here and there. And, you know, he's inside of this program where at the end, you need to do a presentation about your project and what you learned, right? And he's like, I might pursue something that fails epically and I'll have nothing to say at that final presentation. I'm like, yep, that could be the case. And what if, what if you get it done? What if you, so he's like, you know what? He goes, what? I'm going to play full out. I'm going to play full out and I'm going to be able to tell that story no matter what. But he had an order in hand at final presentation time. That's so fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, a bunch of that just laid a major cornerstone in his career. And he's, and what if he didn't do it? Yeah. What a shoulda, coulda is the worst place to be. You know, and this thing of being courageous, right? And today we're talking with Amy Riley, who is the author, everybody, of The Courage of a Leader. I love your story of your courageous young man. Um, yes. You have to do the fourth uh, pillar, which is be bold and create the extraordinary. Yeah. And as I was listening to your story, I don't, I bet you my listeners were thinking this too. It's not really selling to the customer that's going to be a problem because if the customer has a need and we have an answer, that's pretty easy. But yeah. it's like navigating the interior of this business. Yeah. If we get in our own dang way. And exactly. so he had to figure out how to get get the company out of its own way is really what he had to do. Uh, so I love that. I love that. All right. So we have been talking um, for a, a good while here. And I'm so, you know, Amy is a very busy person. And she gave me a whole hour. I'm so grateful. Um, and so, I, you know, I know that people are like, no, wait, is it over? We don't want it to be over. Um, does Amy Riley have one more nugget? Is there one more little thing that is in this book that you'd like to draw our attention to, or just something that's in your mind or your heart that you want to share with my listeners? The time has passed by so quickly, Nicole. This has been so enjoyable. Thank you for yeah, that. Thank you. Um, and I love this question. Yeah. So I've been talking about this on social media recently because um, we're, we're making that final push through the end of the year, right? And people can feel busy and stretched during this time. How do we unlock the full potential of the team? So the first part of the two-part formula is not going to be any surprise to hear from me, leverage strengths. So leverage strengths and plus be flexible equals unlocking the full potential of ourselves and our team. If we can be flexible in having team members determine how they're going to reach the goal that we need to reach, uh, have them determine, you know, who we're going to be involved, be flexible. Sometimes as leaders, we think we've got to 
give all the direction, do A, then B, then C, and we'll get to destination D. Uh, but, but giving as much decision-making participatory, how are we gonna engage with the work decisions uh, to the team, the better off you'll be. You'll have more engaged, higher performers. That's exactly right. Yeah, empower your people to do what they were hired to do. Yes. Right. Have the courage to get your little claws off of things. Right. And let people exactly. do thing. I mean, uh, one time uh, I uh, had worked inside of a program and we were doing training and the person that was overseeing the training wanted us to train the way that they trained. Right. Like, OK. OK. And mm -hmm. so I was like, OK. And so I did it as close to the way that they were doing it that I could. And then uh, at one point somebody above that person said, you know, you got, you got to let them just go do their thing. And then I got observed and, um, and I was with a partner and uh, both the partner and I were like, okay, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so we brought ourselves to the process, which is exactly what she said in pillar one, which is be authentic. And yeah. when we did that, it was, it was better. Yeah. And I'm not saying that from my perspective, because I got observed. And my partner got observed and uh, the, the leader that had been so tight with us and so controlling with us said, I, it's obvious you don't need me anymore. <laughs> and, and we did need we did need him for guidance, for, um, yeah. you know, being a mentor and a coach. But we had some goodies in our pockets we wanted to put out there. And so that is exactly true about your team, uh, that they have that same same thing going on. So I love it. So uh, this whole idea of being flexible. Yeah. Right? And figuring out the strengths of your people. That's so fantastic. Yes. All right. Awesome. All right. It has been a pleasure to have Amy Riley, internationally renowned speaker, author, and consultant, and the author of this number one international bestseller, The Courage of a Leader, How to Inspire, Engage, and Get Extraordinary Results. Uh, how do we find you? I want to call you and hang out with you. How do I get <laughs> I'm listening to this. Thanks, Nicole. The website is courageofaleader.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn uh, at the same at the same place. You can look up Courage of a Leader. Okay, fantastic. All right, everybody. It's been another fantastic, well, in my opinion, fantastic episode uh, of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. And here's what we would love you to do. Amy and I would treasure it. Would you go down and just say that you like this? Would you be so kind as to string together five words into a sentence and put it in the comments? We would so love that. And everybody will be back today with another episode of Build a Vibrant Culture. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Nicole. This was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more like-minded listeners. Remember, the journey to building a vibrant culture never stops. Stay inspired, keep nurturing your vibrant culture, and we can't wait to reconnect with you on the next exciting episode of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast.